Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Well, it is time for our senior pastor, Mr. Jason Ellsmore, to come and share with us. Would you please welcome him? I normally only get called Mr. Jason Ellsmore when I'm in big trouble, so uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be in trouble when I get home, but it's really great to, uh, to be here uh, today. Happy New Year. Uh, during January, Susan and I uh, go around to a bunch of different campuses because all of our campus pastors have got school-aged kids and take some holidays at different times. Last week, I was at uh, Redlands and Susan was preaching in the city. Next week, I'm preaching in the city and Susan's preaching at Logan, uh, but it's wonderful to be here today, and I believe God's got something He wants to do in each and every heart. The, the, the thing that i just been praying about this week, that God would give us a new confidence in an aspect of His character in 2023. And for some of you this morning, it might be a new confidence in His love, like we've been singing about. For others, it might be a new confidence in His power. For, for others, it might be a new uh, confidence in his goodness and grace that he's always for us and his, his grace is sufficient for us. I don't know what it'll be for you, but what I've been praying this week is that as we open God's word, God would reveal an aspect of his character to you that he wants you to grow in confidence in in 2023, and not only to grow in confidence of knowledge, but that you would experience that aspect of God's character in your daily life. So I'm going to pray right now that God would be stirring in our hearts as we open his word, that he'd be just bringing fresh revelation of his character to us. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you that you have... Uh, sent your son to earth as an exact representation of your being, showing us exactly what you're like. Help us to see you afresh today, Jesus. God, thank you for your living word that you speak to us. And this ancient text is still alive today and revealing you afresh to us each and every day. And pray that as we open your word, you'd open our eyes and open our hearts to your character. You'd give us new confidence in who you are today. Pray that for each one of us in this room, from the very youngest to the very oldest, whether we've been reading your word for five minutes or 55 years, God, would you give us fresh revelation this morning? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what, uh, what surprises did you face last year in 2022? You know, what didn't you see coming? If you can could just rewind 12 months to the beginning of 2022, what didn't you see coming in 2023? If I rewind to the beginning of January 2022, I didn't see that in February our city would be flooded again. I didn't see it coming. 
I wasn't personally uh, impacted by the flood. Some of you may have been, but some of you may have been impacted by other disasters or disasters in your world that really shook you to the core and you just didn't see it coming. You know, in January 2022, I didn't know that I would get COVID in March. And I'm very thankful that I was only sick uh, for a few days and recovered uh, quite quickly. And I know others had more significant impacts from being sick in 2022 or have received diagnoses that you just didn't see coming at the beginning of the year. And sometimes those diagnoses and those ailments that we suffer can shake us to the core. Who here never wants to see another rat test, by the way? Oh, amen to that. I hope those one day those things are gone forever. But in January, I didn't know that New South Wales would lose the state of origin again in July. <laughs> I should have known. I shouldn't have been surprised. But I was once again. And the loss of a football match, as important as it is, you know, isn't all that devastating. But there'd be some others in this room who suffered a much greater loss in 2022 that you didn't see coming. A loss in your business, a loss in your family, a, a loss in relationships. You didn't see it coming. It actually shook you uh, to the core. You know, in, uh, in, in January 2022, I didn't see... I didn't know that I was going to be a grandpa again in 2022, in August. I, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know about it. I probably found out the end of January, early, early February, I think. And it was a time of great joy, unexpected joy. And some of you would have experienced unexpected joy in your families last year. You didn't see it coming. And others of you would have faced unexpected heartache. And loss of relationship or broken relationship has shaken you to the core. And in January 2022, I didn't see that uh, the Queen would pass away in September after 70 years of service to the Commonwealth. And it was a time of sadness for many. But maybe there's some other global events that haven't just been sad but they've shaken you to the core. Or maybe right now you're looking at things happening around the world and there's some anxiety sitting within you. You're somewhat shaken about what the future looks like. Now, right now we stand on the precipice of a new year and you can't see all that's going to happen in the coming year. There will be events that surprise you. There will be storms that unsettle you. There will be some disasters potentially that will shake you to the core that you just didn't see coming. Happy New Year. I bet you're glad you came to church today to hear that. But there is some good news. I want to read a psalm today. It's a psalm that I believe gives us confidence in God in the midst of uncertainty and unsettled times. A confidence in God in the midst of uncertainty 
and unsettled times in our lives. So you got your Bible, open it to uh, Psalm chapter 16. And it's a mitkam of David. And nobody really understands what a mitkam is. Some people say that it's a teaching psalm, and certainly this psalm does teach us something about the character and the nature of God. Others say it's talking about, you know, a mystery. It's unpacking something of the mystery of God, and it does do that. It, uh, it, it, it helps us to understand something of the mystery of God. But no one really knows uh, what a mitkam is, but we do know that David wrote. It. It's one of his uh, songs that he wrote. It says this in verse 1, Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. We don't know what chaos David was walking through, but he was walking through a, a time of chaos. And he had many times of chaos, similar to what we just talked about uh, before. He had times of national chaos while he was king. And he had times of international pressure. There was global things happening around him that, uh, that could have shaken him. He had things going on in his family. He suffered loss in his family, intense regret in his own decisions and the pain that he caused in his family. You know, David walked through chaos many, many times in his life. Some completely unexpected, some because of his un, own uh, sinful behavior, and some because of the sinful behavior of others. He says, keep me safe, O God, because in you I take refuge. He says, I say to the Lord, you are my God. Apart from you, I have no good thing. We've actually sung something very similar to that this morning. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. This is the verse I really want to focus on this morning. Verse 8. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Let me just read verse 8 for us again. He says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Let me just read it in the ESV because uh, these words have really just stuck in my head this week. He says, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. I've set the Lord always before me. You can't control all the events of your life this year, but you can set the Lord always before you. You can't predict every storm that will unsettle you this year. But you can set the Lord always before you. You can't see yet all of the disasters that our world will walk through and may impact you and shake you to the core this year. 
But in 2023, you can set the Lord always before you. David says, I set the Lord always before me. And this is really important because what we set before us is what we will become. What we set before us is what we will become. And we've all got some things that we set before us. You know, we've got this little screen that we set before us all the time. And if you set Facebook before you always, you will become whatever the algorithm wants you to become. If you set Netflix on a slightly bigger screen, turn to the side always before you, you will become the values over time of what comes off that screen. Those values will get in your heart and in your mind if you are setting Netflix always before you. Others of you got a much more respectable screen that you just kind of tilt in front of you and you work away constantly. You're always on emails before you and you do what is very, very acceptable. It's the addiction that is very acceptable in the church and in the culture that we live in. We just bury ourselves in work. We're workaholics. And we just set our work before us always. And if you do that, you will become weary in body, mind, and soul. I tell you, workaholism is actually a certain way to get soul-weary in 2023. Most of you who are under 50 have never picked up a paper and you get your news on a screen. And there's multiple different news sites that you can set before you, but every single one of them has got a bias. You just got to choose which bias you want. And over time, if that's what you always set before you, that's what you'll become. You'll start to take on more and more of that bias. Maybe you pick up a screen or an old-fashioned book and you bury yourself or hide yourself in romance novels or some other fantasy world. Over time, what you set before you is what you will become. Now, I've got a phone. I don't read romance novels, but all of the others I'm guilty of. And we've got to pay attention to what we give our time and attention to. Don't be flippant about it. What, what you give your attention to is what you will adore. What, what you set before you is what you will become. And so we need to filter what we set before us and we need to control. Well, we can't control everything that's happening around the world. We can control how much time and attention we give to it. Listen to what David says. He says, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. Not, not because God's going to punish them necessarily. That's not what the text is saying. It's kind of those life, they're lifeless pursuits. They, they lead not to life, 
but to suffering. He says, I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. I'm not even going to talk about them. But I will not pour out libations of blood. Now, most of you, as you walked in here today, you have not been tempted this week to sacrifice your firstborn goat to Moloch. If that has been your greatest temptation this week, please come down the front at the end. We will pray for you like everybody else. I guarantee it's not a long line. Not many of you have been tempted to give your firstborn goat to Moloch. But in David's time and in David's culture, it's what everyone was doing. There was no Netflix to set before us. There was no... There's no Facebook we could immerse ourselves in. There wasn't fantasy books to just kind of escape to. People turned to other gods and to other idols and they made blood sacrifices. In fact, sometimes they sacrificed their own children wanting to find provision and protection in these gods. It was the culture that David was in. Everyone was making libations of blood and was chanting the names of these gods. It was the culture. And David says, I'm not going to be part of it. I'm not going to go with the flow. I'm not going to give my time and attention to such things because they are lifeless pursuits. They only lead to suffering. But God, I'm going to set the Lord always before me. You see, we might say today in our culture, I am not going to give all my time and attention to a little screen. I'm not going to give all of my time and attention to escaping into a fantasy world or binge-watching the latest, although Yellowstone. I, I do like Yellowstone. Any, any other Yellowstone fans? I'd, I'd really like to be John Dutton. Just walk around with a shotgun. And, no. Hang on. See, this is how it impacts you. Don't watch Yellowstone. Maybe today it's not about libations of blood. But it's about saying, I'm not just going to go with the culture. I'm just not just going to set before me everything that everybody else in this culture does. But I'm going to set the Lord always before me. Because what you set before you is what you become. Whatever I walk through, I'm going to keep my eyes always on the Lord. Whatever happens, I'm determined. I've already decided. I'll always set the Lord before me. Let me get really practical for a few minutes. Four things I think we can set before us in 2023. Come on, I want a little bit of interaction this morning. First one up on the screen. We can set a... No, not an alarm. Set a... A time. We can set a time. I want to encourage you to set a time to be with the Lord in 2023. And don't move it. Set it. That word set has become really important to me this week. I'm going to set a time. All these things are going to shift around me in 2023. This is one thing that that I'm not going to shift. I'm going to set a time. 
I'm going to set a time to be with God. Who loves getting up and being with God at 4.30 when the sun rises? Hands up. Who thinks that sounds like purgatory? Okay, it doesn't matter what time you set. Just set a time and stick to it. If you don't set a time, your time with God will get squeezed out by other screens, by other work, by other priorities that you put in place. 2023, set a Time. Whose time is six o'clock in the morning? Who loves that time? Whose time seven o'clock in the morning? Who who doesn't want to see anything with an AM in front? But you eight o'clock at night is your time to be with God. All right, it doesn't matter. All I'm saying is, whenever it is, set a time and stick to it. If you don't set it, it'll get squeezed out again in 2023. Set a time to be with the Lord. If the only if the one reason you're allowed to pick up your phone this morning is to set a time to be with the Lord and don't let it get squeezed out. Secondly, set a, a place. It's nice, isn't it, when you're either going to a restaurant or you go to somebody's house and somebody's actually set a place for you. And you're expecting that you're not just going to stand there and stare at the plate and the cutlery. It's nice because at some point... You're going to get fed. They're going to put food on that plate. And you're going, to, you're going to get nourished physically. And one of the other things about setting a place that's nice is you're going to get nourished relationally. You're not just nibbling on food on the run, but you're sitting down at a nice place to eat with people. You get nourished physically. You get nourished relationally. And David says in this psalm, Lord, you are my portion and my cup. You feed me. You feed me spiritually. You nourish my soul. He says it even clearer in some other psalms. Psalm 23, he says, you set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Even when I'm walking through a dark valley, even though when I get a battle coming against me that I don't really want to face There's a table you set before me. There's a place you set before me. You've got what I need to be nourished spiritually. I want to encourage you to set a place. Like we set a place, you know, for a physical meal where we stop, we slow down, we talk to people, we nourish our bodies with good food. Think about that in the same way as setting a place for you to be with God. A place you enjoy going to. A place where where you sit there, it actually feels good. You've heard me for years talk about my milk crate I would sit on down at the dam. I I don't do that as much. I don't do that at all anymore, actually, because I'm not in the office in the same way. My week's schedule looks a little different. But what I do do is every day, wherever I am, I find a place to sit or walk before water and spend time with God. For me, just being in front of water, stopping in a place of either still water or raging surf, it's something I enjoy. It's a place I enjoy going to, and I look forward to being with God in that place. Once again, you don't have to sit on a milk crate, although it's worked for me for 15 years. Just set a place, a place where you go every day, a place you look forward to going to. To be nourished spiritually, to slow down, 
until you hear God's word for you and get nourished spiritually for that day, nourished relationally, growing intimacy in your relationship with him. Set a time, set a place, set a... Come on, what do we set? A path. Set, set a path. See, a path is something that we set to enjoy walking down, we enjoy the experience, but generally we don't set a path to nowhere. We set a path to a great destination, somewhere we want to arrive and enjoy where we arrive. David says this in this psalm. He says, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. David He knew how to walk with God every day and to enjoy every moment, to be filled with joy in his presence as he walked with God. And he knew, he knew with confidence that he was going to arrive at a great destination. Set a path, set a a time, set a place that you really enjoy, that you really look forward to going to to be with God and set a path. My path in the first quarter of of 2023 is simply to to read through the Gospel of John and every day to soap journal it. If you've never soap journal, soap is just S, Scripture, O, observation, A, application, P, prayer. I just just read through the Gospel of John until I get to a part of Scripture where I feel like God's really speaking to me, challenging me, feeding me, and I just write it out word for word. Oh, observation. What what is happening here? What is Jesus saying here? What is he doing here that's just struck me in such a a profound way? And just write it out. Hey, application. What do you want me to do about it? How do I obey in this situation. Jesus, what are you changing, transforming in me? And then P is a prayer. Just asking God to make that change, to transform me. It's not arduous, okay? I've got a, a leather bound because I like the book. There's, there's something about this, finding something you like. Find a time you like, find a place you like, and then I've got a little journal that I like. It's just this leather bound A5 journal, and I just commit to writing one A5 page a day just slows me down enough. God starts to feed my soul. I believe I'm going to arrive at a good place. I don't always do this, but we're going to preach through a bunch of the I am statements about Jesus before and after Easter. I'm already looking forward to preaching. I am the resurrection and the life. He's already speaking to me. But I know I'm going to land a really great place at Easter. I know that the destination's fantastic, but every day the journey is filled with joy. Set a time, set a place, and set a path. If you're not sure what to do, you don't have to do that. But, you know, find, uh, download the version app, find an everyday with Jesus for every quarter. You know, there's millions of different ways, but just set a path. Make it something you enjoy. And Jesus will nourish your soul. Lastly, this one's a bit trickier. Anyone want to have a guess? Set a... Oh, no, a practice. Good. Set a practice of praise. All right, a practice of praise. This is what, 
what David did, he says, you know, I, I praise you. I, I praise the Lord who counsels me. And so even at night, my heart instructs me. David, amongst all the people that ever lived, probably was the man who set a practice of praise. He wrote 73 Psalms of praise. In Psalm 119, he says, I praise you seven times a day. I've just got a practice of praise. See, whatever it is we're practicing, whether we're practicing the piano or we're practicing pole fishing or we're practicing whatever else starts with P, I don't know. But whatever it is we're practicing, we practice it because we want to become competent and we actually want to become so competent that it becomes second nature. So someone who spends a lot of time practicing the piano, I love watching Phil Slade play the piano up here on a Sunday morning. Does anyone else notice how much he loves playing praise to Jesus? He loves it. I love watching him. But it's second nature to him. But I guarantee if you asked him, he practiced for hours upon hours till it became second nature. And that's what can happen with praise. So what David's saying here is, is I, I, I praise you during the day and so even at night, you're speaking to me. I give you my time and attention during the day. So even at night, you're in my mind and you're in my heart. Brother Lawrence, he's someone, that, well, he didn't actually write it, but somebody else wrote it upon his reflections about practicing the presence of God. And he, he was a man who spent a lot of his life in a monastery kitchen washing up and preparing and cleaning dishes. And he learned while he was washing dishes to praise and live in the love and the presence of God. Now, not many of us wash up that much anymore. And when I pack the dishwasher, nobody praises me. I just get constant criticism. It's an absolute miracle that uh, we celebrated 29 years of married life last Sunday and uh, you need to put your hands together for Susan Osmond. And she celebrated it on Instagram, and she picked the one moment of romance that I provided in the whole year. There was no dishwashers involved. You know, I got criticised for packing the dishwasher about 500 times last year. We kissed in front of the Eiffel Tower once, but that's what made it to Instagram. What I'm saying is, pick the thing that you do 500 times a year. Pick the thing that you do seven times a day and make it a practice of praise. So for me, I don't quite drink seven cups of coffee, but I drink far too much coffee. Every time I pour coffee and drink coffee, it's just a moment to give praise to Jesus. Every time you take the bin out, I love taking, the, sorry, I love taking rubbish out to the bin. It gets me out of cleaning the rest of the kitchen. So I do about seven trips to the bin every night. <laughs> Whatever it is that you love doing. Every time you drink a glass of clean water, which is a reason to praise in our world. Do that. To stop and praise. Become like David. That, that we actually just got this practice of praise. We fill our minds with praise. We give our attention to, to praise so that even at night... Even in the darkness of night, our mind's still thinking about God. He's still instructing us. He's still counseling us at night. Set a 
time that you really enjoy, a place that you really enjoy, a path that's going to help you enjoy His presence every day, but land in a great destination and set a practice of praise. You see, what you give your attention to is what you will adore. What you set before you is what you will become. David says, I set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. What does that mean? Because he's at my right hand. We hear that, that term a lot in Scripture. In fact, about people argue somewhere between 143 and 163 times in Scripture, it talks about the right hand. You know, it never talks about the left hand. I don't know if God hates left-handers. Put your hand up if you're left-handed. Put your hand up if you're a little bit ambidextrous like me. I write with my right hand. I play cricket, left-handed. I surf, left-footed. I kick a ball, right-footed. I'm completely mixed up. I don't know if God loves me half the time and not the other time. But this term right hand actually means a bunch of different things in other places different places of scripture but here it talks about someone's ultimate power and strength is at their right hand the king goes out to battle their greatest warrior their general their army general is at their right hand they held their sword in their right hand the lord is my ultimate power and strength. He's at my right hand. Therefore, I will not be shaken. There's a pattern that goes through this psalm in uh, verses, you know, one to four. You know, uh, David declares the confidence he has in, in God's power and protection. And then the next couple of verses, he talks about his experience of God's power and protection. And then in verses 7 to 8, he declares his confidence in God's power, both to guide, to give direction, and to guard. And then in the last couple of verses, he talks about his experience of God guiding him and guarding him. There's this link between a confidence in the nature and the character of God and the experience of faith. Let me make it really simple and really clear for us. And if you've tuned out a little bit, just, just tune back in just for a moment right now. Because this might reveal to us the thing that God wants us to become more confident in in 2023. Let me make it really simple. If you are confident in the goodness of God, your relationship with God will be marked by goodness. If you're not confident in the goodness of God, your relationship with God will not be good. You'll always be worried. You'll always be striving, hoping that you'll make the mark. If you're confident in the love of God, your experience of faith in God will be loving. If you're not confident in the love of God, your experience of faith in God will be loveless. It'll be dry and barren and just about performance. If you're confident in the power of God, your relationship with God will be powerful and dynamic. 
unexpected things will happen around you all the time as you pray and as you serve him and step out in faith. But if you have no confidence in the power of God, your relationship, your experience of faith in God will be powerless. It'll be limp. I could keep going on if you're confident in the peace of God. Your experience of faith in God will be peace-filled, be peaceful. But if you're not confident in the peace of God that passes all understanding, you'll be constantly filled with anxiety. I wonder if there's something that God wants to reveal about his character to us, not just because he wants us to know the truth, but because he wants us to experience it in our relationship with him. There's a little key in verse 3. It doesn't, you don't see it quite as easily in English, but if I just get verse 3 up there, it says, I said to the Lord, and in English, Lord is all in capitals because it's, it's the word Yahweh. It's the omnipotent, all-powerful, all-present God, creator of the universe. I said to the Lord, I said to Yahweh, the big God, you are my Lord. And the second time uses the word Adonai, which really means master or Lord. But he's saying, God, you're my personal master. That's why David is so confident in the nature of God and has such a great experience in his faith in God because he's made it personal. He has surrendered to the big creator God and he's become his personal master. That is the only way. We experience all the goodness, the grace, the power, the love of God is when we personally surrender to him as our Lord. Great verse in 2 Chronicles chapter 16 says, The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth, looking to strengthen the hearts of those who are fully committed to him. See, it's only as we get confident in God's grace, his power, his sovereignty, his love, his forgiveness, that we will surrender fully to him in faith. And he'll strengthen us. And we'll know the confidence like David that he's at our right hand. And nothing can shake us. Let me just read these last couple of verses again. It says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Listen to these next couple of verses. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. That's a big statement. David says, you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. I'm not going to die. I'm not, the grave is not going to be the end. If you knew with absolute confidence that death had no hold over you, what would shake you? What would shake you? You know, Susan and I, in November, many of you know, had uh, some time in the UK 
one of the things uh, we did, some friends here actually bought us tickets to go and watch the Wallabies play Wales at Carter Farms Park. Big rugby fan. I've always wanted to go to the rugby at Carter Farms Park. And uh, we, we drove from London and uh, got to go and watch the Wallabies play Wales. Great, great experience. But 15 minutes to go. The Wallabies were down by 21 points. And Susan, who knows about that much about rugby, turned to me and said, we got no hope, do we? And I said, nah. I had absolutely no confidence that we'd see a miraculous victory in the next 15 minutes. But in the next 10 minutes, they scored two tries. And they're now just a try behind, and with 60 seconds to go, you know, the Wallabies scored another try. And we're sitting on the edge of our seats. We're hurling abuse at the ref. No one knew we were pastors in Wales. Every little mistake, we're on the edge of our seats. Every time the Aussies drop the ball, I'm screaming, even I could catch that. We're sitting on the edge of our seats because with 60 seconds to go, Wales is on the Wallaby try line and they just had to either kick a penalty goal, score a try, and they would have won. And we're sitting on the edge of our seats waiting for that whistle to blow. And it did blow. And the Wallabies won a miraculous victory. And Susan and I and about seven other people in a crowd of 80,000 cheered our hearts out. But as followers of Jesus, we're not sitting on the edge of our seats, hanging on every little mistake, worried about every decision that gets made, not sure of what is coming in the future. We already know a miraculous victory has been won. Death has been defeated. You see, Psalm 16 is a messianic psalm. It's written a thousand years before Jesus walked on the earth. But just a few days after Jesus was hung on a cross and everybody had seen it, Peter is preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ for the first time in the history of the world. And he's preaching it to people who've just killed Jesus Christ. And he says this, I'm still in Psalm 16. He says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you, you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, you put him to death, nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him, from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. He says, Jesus, a man of miracles, the man who displayed his power, the man who lived a perfect life, the only one to fulfill the law and showed that he was actually God by his miraculous signs and wonders that nobody had ever performed. You handed him over, but God had already decided it. You nailed him to a cross, but, but God already knew about it before the history of the world. This was the plan. It was the only plan 
for the perfect Son of God to put on flesh, to identify with all humankind, but to be God, the one that we have sinned against, the only one that could take our sin and could forgive our sin. And he put it to death on a cross. But it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. On the third day, when the women went to the tomb to anoint his dead body, an angel turned up and said, Why are you looking for the the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Jesus Christ took on our greatest enemy, sin and the punishment for sin, which is death, nailed it to a cross, doing away with it once and forever. And he went through death and he came out the other side alive. A victory has already been won and we're not waiting for a final whistle, but one day there will be a final trumpet call and the risen, the resurrected Jesus Christ will come again and make everything right once and for all. He's at our right hand. Because he's at our right hand, what can shake us? Peter, preaching the gospel for the first time, actually quotes what David said a thousand years earlier. Peter says, David said, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You've made known to me the paths of life. You fill me with joy in your presence. Today, we should be more confident than David. David knew with confidence that God had power over the grave. But he had no idea how. We do. Jesus has come. And he's coming again. Should be a confidence in us today that the victory's already been won. He is at our right hand. He's our ultimate power and strength. You can't see all the events, all of the storms, all the disasters that you're going to face in 2023. But you can set the Lord always before you. And because he's at your right hand, you'll not be shaken. This is really important. See, it's really important for our own faith that we stand firm. It's really important for the world around us that's shaking. It's got nowhere to turn. And they're supposed to turn to us and we're supposed to point them to Jesus. Set the Lord always before you and you'll not be shaken by anything. Set a time Set a place, set a path, set a practice of praise. Set the Lord always before you because we become what we set before us. We're always before Him. The eyes of the Lord are ranging throughout the earth, looking to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. We become what we set before us. He, we're always before Him. And lastly, One day we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. If you repent and put your faith in Christ as your personal Lord and Saviour, it'll be a good day. You'll, You'll not see the realm of the dead. 
but he'll lead you to life eternal. But if you reject the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, you will have to make amends for your own sin. And time and time again, the Bible says that'll be a day of intense regret. Set the Lord always before you and you'll not be shaken by anything. Can we stand together this morning? We're going to sing an old song. It's not as old as Psalm 16, but it's old in our context. And it just simply says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I want you to do that this morning. Just look at Jesus. What is it he's wanting to show you? I believe for every single one of us in this room, there's something about his character he wants to reveal to us afresh in 2023. Just ask him to show you what it is. Just look to him and worship him. What is it that you notice about Jesus? Is it his peace? Is it his power? Is it his love, his grace, his forgiveness? What is it he's just wanting to reveal to you afresh in 2023? Come on, just close your eyes, lift your hands. Just sing this old song, Turn Your Eyes. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. team and our pastoral team to come down the front uh, right now. We're just going to keep singing that chorus. But uh, yeah, if you're on the prayer team, pastoral team, just come out, come out now. I just, I just know there's a whole bunch of us today who just uh, say, I want to get more confident in this aspect of God's character. All, all you need to do today is just come and say that word 
to someone down the front. And it might be peace, it might be power, it might be love, it might be grace, it might be forgiveness, whatever it is. Just come and say that word and just let someone pray over you today. Just, uh, just, just start to come. Maybe you're ready. I guess Susan just... As I was praying this morning, I felt God just put two words on my heart. The first one was storm. There was this picture I had in my mind's eye of somebody standing in the middle of a storm. The waves were crashing around you. You were overwhelmed by this storm. And, And you might even have found yourself describing your circumstances to somebody like a storm. And uh, the scripture from Psalm 91 rested with me and I just want to share it with you because I believe that in the middle of that storm that you're walking through right now, God wants to minister to you. It says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. God wants to restore your trust in the middle of the storm. He wants to help you find refuge in Him. If that's you, we would love to pray for you this morning. The second one was around fear and anxiety. And I believe this is a word for some of you online, especially this morning, that as you've started this new year, you've wanted to start with joy and freshness, the beginning of a new year, right off what's been and start fresh for the new year. But there's this anxiety and fear that's just been hovering, whether it's what's been or what's to come. And God wants to set you free from fear and anxiety. He wants you to be filled with joy and peace in this year ahead as you persevere with Him, as you sit with Him in His presence. And we'd love to pray. Oh, just come. Just start to come. Just You might just say a simple word and just let someone pray over you. I just believe that today God is going to give fresh revelation and just a, a new confidence as you sit with Him through the years, going to be a new confidence that comes. You're going to look back to this moment and say, that's the moment I started on my journey towards grace or I started on my journey towards peace. Just start to come. Receive. Keep receiving. Make this a moment that you set off down a different path. 
just discovering afresh the character of God, just start to come. Father, thank you. Thank you that you are a God with arms always wide open. You're a God who invites us to come, to come close, because you're always wanting us to understand more of your love and your grace, your power, your goodness. And God, this morning, I pray that there would be fresh revelation for people, fresh revelation of your eternal, your unchanging character in whatever is changing around them, whatever has unsettled them, that God, there'd be a new confidence in what is eternal and unchanging. And God, I do pray for hearts to be healed, for those that are living with anxiety and fear. God, for a new peace to come. God, I pray for those who would say their relationship with God, their experience of faith has been powerless and limp. God, I pray for power a new faith in your power, faith in your power to bring breakthrough, to bring transformation in our hearts and lives, to set us free, to break off chains. God, I pray for revelation of your power because you are at our right hand. We will not be shaken. You are our provider. You are our protector. You are our ultimate strength. And God, I do pray I pray for those who are living as practical atheists, just in this fatalism that nothing will ever change. God, would you break in today? God, would you draw them close? May there be a surrender to your will. God, would there be new faith, new faith in your power and in your word that's speaking to them every day. And as they obey, they would see you bring change, change that was beyond what they ever expected. God, would you reveal yourself afresh to us today? Set us free in Jesus' name. Hey, just, just uh, keep coming. If you'd love someone to pray for you, these guys will be down here uh, for a while. I want to encourage you, 2023. Maybe you need to sit on your phone for two minutes before you walk out the doors today. Set a time, set a place, set a path, set a practice of praise. Make it something you really enjoy because God wants to give you joy in His presence every day. God bless you. Have a great week. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.